0: Hey, this is Pastor Sean Beatty from Clovis Hills Community Church. We're so glad you're listening to our podcast. If you want more information about the church, go to www.clovishills.com or you can download our app in your iTunes or Google Play store. Enjoy the podcast. You know, they got me up here the last Sunday of the year. They're taking a big risk. <laughs> but the big picture is this. You know, we've been ramping up for the big gift exchange for the last two months. And that's what it is. It's the big gift exchange. That's what I entitled my message today. The big gift exchange. And for the past four weeks, they've been talking about this star. And there's been no fill-ins. So what I did, I made up for the past four weeks. I got so many fill-ins here. Pull that out. Because here's what I believe. When you get to experience the message, hear the message, and write the message, something happens. Something happens. Now, many of us can come, we just hear the message, and maybe experience the message. But it's been said, when you write things down, you're more apt to walk it out. So today, (coughs) I did a little research on this thing we call gift because the most used word at this time of year is gift we spend two months preparing to give these gifts here's what they say in America the average Christian the average American a lot of average Americans out here spends seven hundred dollars On gifts each year, we spend four hundred and sixty-five billion dollars on gifts and goodies just this year. And to top that off, we spend ninety billion returning gifts between twenty-fifth and the first. How many of you have ever got a really good gift? Just show hands. How many of you got a really bad gift, and you threw it away? And I don't say you did, but you know some of us do that. And then some of us re-gift it, and other of us, we can't wait to get all those together, return it for the gift we want. You see, here's what I do know. The past four weeks, we've been talking about what happened on the 25th. And in John 3.16, God says this, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever should believeth in him would have everlasting life. What a gift. What a gift. But we overlook it with all these other gifts. And then it says in 2 Corinthians 9.15, it says, it's an indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Anybody ever got an indescribable gift? I'm going to share a couple of them with you today. But the other versions of the Bible, in the King Jimmy, it says, unspeakable gift. You ever read the King Jimmy? (laughs) Mix it up a little bit. It's good for your Christian walk. The Living Bible says, too wonderful for words gift. The RSV says, inexpressible gift. So you might be wondering why I'm wearing this 2012 Giants World Series jacket. My wife decided to give this to me, so I unwrapped this thing on Christmas, and I'm going, man, that was the best World Series. That was when Bumgarner came in there and closed them out. And my daughter goes, yeah, and that was the year you walked outside and bought the whole block pizza, Dad. You were crazy. <laughs> the contents of this gift has a lot more meaning than just a jacket. You know that. Then there were some other gifts I was given. But one of the gifts that I want to read to you that I thought was inexpressible was this gift my wife gave me, this card. All it is is a card. That's it. It's just a card. But it says this When I think of all the wonders God has blessed me with, I thank Him for the gift of you and your love in my life. Merry Christmas. You're a great man of God, you're a wonderful husband. And you're a super dad. Indescribable. Right? And my other daughter, a little older, she's 22. She gives me this. Oh, this is a card. There's nothing in it. It's a blank card. But she decided to write something in it. She said, Dad, Merry Christmas. Thank you for always reminding me that Jesus is the reason for the season. Your love For God and serving others always inspires me. You're the best. Thanks for always taking care of me and being there when I'm in need. Love you, Hannah. (laughs) Unspeakable. Then there's my comedic child. (laughs) She gives me a card. And it says... Merry Christmas, Dad. Thanks for all the work you do and for taking care of me. There's a cup in the mail that says, Dad, I will always be your little girl crossed out financial burden. (laughs) Prices. The content of the gift is what counts. It's the content. So I was, uh, my son just turned 16, and uh, I'm going to let him use my truck. My truck had this old stereo in it. So I got him a new stereo, and I parked it over my mom's for two days. We get it all ready there. Christmas morning, I go, son, go check the truck out. So he goes out to the truck, and we turn on the stereo, and we're trying to sync that thing up with this Apple phone. I said, you know, the guy installed and says, your son will be able to figure it out. We're sitting there reading the directions, and all of a sudden he comes in, and he goes, Dad, it's not Apple-compliable. Uh, Boy, I tell you, I look like a heel. You ever have one of those gifts where you're going, man, I tried so hard, and they just blew it? Anybody have one of those? So I had to take it back to the installer. And the installer said to me, oh, no, it sinks. You just have to do this or this and it sinks right up and I took it back home and it sinks right up see my prayer today is that this message sinks up no matter where you're at in life no matter where you've been no matter who you've been with no matter how many times you've walked away that this is the one that sinks up in 2018 that takes you into 2019 being the light of Christ amen So it's the contents of the gift. So anybody ever seen Russian nesting dolls? There's no Russian collusion here. The reality is this. This message is like Russian nesting dolls. There's gifts within the gift. There's gifts within the gift. So let's get started today. The first gift in that little trough that we celebrate on the 25th was Savior. Is he your Savior? You see, if he's your Savior, then you've been saved from something if you call him Savior. And most of us get saved from ourself. When I was 24 years old, I had a drug problem. Everybody knew I had a problem but me. That's usually what happens. And don't look at your neighbor. Big picture is, I knew I had a problem. And I wanted out of that problem. But I didn't know how to get out. So I went to the people that love me the most. And I said, I need some help. They said, oh yeah, you need some help. And this Savior sent me to these rooms called Alcoholics Anonymous. I said, oh, no, God, not these rooms. you got to be kidding me. And I walked in these rooms. And people loved me until I could love myself because I didn't love who taught to become. And then I had to come to in order to come to believe. Five years into that journey, July 15th, 1992, I met my Savior. Changed my life forever. Is he your Savior? Have you allowed him to come in and rearrange the furniture in your life? Because if he's your Savior, then this Christmas will mean much more than any other Christmas. Because we're going to unpack the different gifts of the Savior. So, it says in uh, Luke 2.11. Let's read this together. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. You see, you can't just call him Savior and give him a little bit of you. He's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. And it's very hard To let him down if you've never lifted him up. Have you lifted him up as your Savior? Because if you have, then you're going to really understand what the rest of these attributes are for 2019. You see, in Titus 3, 5, and 7, it says this. It says, he saved us not because of the righteous things we've done, not because how good I was, no. But because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of the rebirth and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. The mighty counselor. You see, it says in Isaiah 9:6, 6 to us a child is born, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called mighty God, wonderful counselor, prince of peace. Is he your wonderful counselor? You see, I run this nonprofit called Total Life Change. And every time I counsel, I invite the Holy Spirit in to counsel. Because if the Holy Spirit isn't there, then it's just me counseling. But when you invite the counselor, the Holy Spirit, something happens. And for those of you who call him Savior, in your acquaintances, Throughout the week at work in your family, when you pray, your comings and goings, invite the Holy Spirit to come and use you. Because he will. He can and he will if you let him. The rest of that verse says this. Whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. So that having been justified by grace... We might become heirs to the hope of eternal life. For once, I was a hopeless dope fiend. Now I'm a dopeless hope fiend. (laughs) My hope is in Him, it always will be in Him. Faith is the substance of all things hoped for and evidence of things unseen. Is He your Savior? Because if He's your Savior, then let's talk about the shepherd. In Psalm 23, one of the greatest Psalms ever penned. It's read at more funerals, grand occasions, than any other Psalm that's ever been penned. And when I read this to you today, for those that call him Savior, it'll be a sweet aroma to your ear. Here's what it says The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He lead me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod and your staff, thy comfort me. Is he your shepherd? Because if he's your shepherd, then he leads you, guides you, comforts you, makes you, restores you, prepares you, and anoints you. Anybody say that again? That's free just for you guys. You can write that down on the sideline. Here it goes. Leads you, guides you, comforts you, makes you, restores you, prepares you, and anoints you. Is he your shepherd? I was studying this out, and in Jerusalem, there's these things called the sheep pens. And uh, true story, there's a sheep pen in Bethlehem and some visitors had visited the Holy Land, and they were out in the fields, and they come across this sheep pen, and it's about 10 feet high, all these rocks, and it's a pretty large area, but it was about uh, almost a full circle, and then uh, part of the sheep pen was open. And they could hear the sheep in the sheep pen. So they walk around to the entrance, and they look in the entrance, and there's the shepherd, little shepherd boy. And they ask him if he speak English. He said, yeah, I speak English. They said, are these your sheep? Yeah, they're my sheep. Well, how do you keep them from getting out? Where's the gate? He says, I am the gate. He says, I am the gate. They said, well, what happens at night? He says, I sleep right here at the gate. Well, what happens when the bears and the wolves, oh, he says, pulls out his rod and his staff. He goes, I take care of them. Has it ever been dangerous? He said, oh, yeah, and he opens his robe and he's got scars all over him. Is he your shepherd? Because he'll leave 99 in the fold to go after that one sheep. Is he your savior? Is he your shepherd? In the word of God, it says this. John 10, 14. Let's read this together. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. Do you know him? Or is he just a savior that you just kind of unwrap at Christmas and throw away the fact that he's your shepherd? You see, Christmas is so much more than just unwrapping gifts. you got to know the content of the gift. The next thing that we unwrap is teacher. Is he your teacher? Is he your teacher? How many of you have had some really good teachers in life? Raise your hands. And you love them, don't you? You still remember them. I had a sixth grade teacher named Mr. Simes. He was the best. I had a fourth grade teacher named, I won't even mention her name, she was the worst. (laughs) You remember the best, you remember the worst. How many of you have had a really good coach in life? Just a great coach. You couldn't wait to show up to practice because you knew he was going to teach you. How many of you had a bad coach where you just dreaded going? My dad was a principal, my mom's a teacher. My mom's a master teacher. She's 85 years old now. My dad went to be with the Lord. But he was a great teacher. My dad never raised his voice. But he could lecture you till you were sick in your stomach. <laughs> and he'd always tell me this. He said, Todd, remember this, son. You have a lot of choices. Until you make a choice, then you'll have a whole new set of choices. So choose wisely. Choose wisely, Todd. Never forget that. Is he your teacher? You see, Jesus Christ had droves of people following him as he walked this earth. He was raised by two adolescent parents. But he had three years of ministry. And they followed him all over. They couldn't wait to hear him teach. They couldn't wait. One guy, his name was Nicodemus, one of the elite who was a Sadducee or a Pharisee, and he knew the law, but he had seen what Jesus was doing, but he was too scared to go see him during the day. So here's what happened. Here's what it says. It says in John 2:3, he came to Jesus at night. And said, Rabbi, that means teacher, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. And then in John 13, 13, let's read this together. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so. For that is who I am. There's three ways you hear the voice of God. You want to hear them? Okay, I'll tell them to you. This is the way you hear the teacher. Now listen closely. It's through prayer, through his word, and other people. Let me say that again. You hear the voice of God, the great teacher, through prayer, through his word, and other people. That's why growth groups are so important. Do you take time to hear from the teacher? Is he your savior? Is he your shepherd? Is he your teacher? He's the greatest teacher there ever was. But listen to this. When the student is ready, the teacher will teach him. Is the student ready? Or are you one of those kids at the back of class just sits there and doesn't listen to anything? Slouches down, can't wait for the bell to ring. Or do you show up early, get in the word early, before you get crowded out by life's cares and control? Hear from the teacher that he would be able to use you through the day. Is he your savior? Is he your shepherd? Is he your teacher? If he is, then the next one is, is he your friend? Is he your BFF? Is he your BFF? When I was raising my kids, we used to watch Winnie the Pooh all the time. You know, they always use the BFF. But my favorite character was Tigger. Because the wonderful thing about Tiggers are Tiggers are wonderful things. Their heads are made of rubber. Their bottoms are made of springs. They bouncy, 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 full of fun, fun, fun. But the wonderful thing about Tiggers is you're the only one. I did that at that one time. My kids go, Dad, you're crazy. I go, Yeah, but you know I'm sober. You should have seen me before I was sober. You see your BFF? Because if he's your BFF, then you'll spend time with him. I have a friend of mine that goes to the coffee shop every morning and he orders a table for two, for two glasses of water, please. He's been doing it for years. And one time, the uh, waitress comes up to him and goes, Sir, sir, you order a table for two every morning, two glasses of water. And your friend never shows up. He says, "Oh, contraire. He shows up every day. His name is Jesus. He walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. Is he your BFF? Because if he's your BFF, and here's what he says in his word in James 2 23. Let's read this together. And the scripture was fulfilled. That says, Abraham believed God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. Do you believe he's your savior? Do you believe he's your shepherd? Do you believe he's your teacher? Then you can believe he calls you friend. But it gets even better. Because one of my favorite passages in all of God's word is John 15, and here's what it says, incredible, piece of scripture here, let's read this together, greater love has no one than this, let's try this again, you gotta read, it's called reading, I'm trying to teach you, when a student is ready, the teacher will teach him. all right, here we go, ready, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his own friend, You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father. Is he your best friend? You want to know what daddy taught him? Let me tell you what he taught him. It was a night. It was a night where he was out, that gardener gets sent me. And he was saying, Hey, dad. Hey, dad, is there any other way? Is there any other way, dad, this can be done so I can come into Barbara's heart 2,000 years later? Come into Sam's heart 2,000 years later? Come into Seth's heart 2,000 years later? Come into Sean's heart 2,000 years later? Hey, Dad, is there any other way, Dad? I just want to know, Dad. He says, No, son. There's no other way. There's no other way for me to get to call them friends. You're most like Christ when you suffer. See, because we serve a crucified God who's your best friend that died and rose again. And believe me, we're going to celebrate that in about three months. But right now, we're talking about the Savior. Is he your BFF? Because if he's your BFF, then he's your savior. Then he's your shepherd. Then he's your teacher. And he's your friend. And all that to say this, and if he's all those, then he's got to be your healer. Is he your healer? I'm going to tell you right now. Jesus Christ is the most attractive person to ever walked the face of the earth. He's still attracting people today. Think about that for a second. Just let that resonate in your soul. The most attractive person ever born on a stable, in a trough, 2,000 years ago, came in human flesh as the God-man, and they're still talking about him today. But he's just not attracting people. He's healing people. He is the healer. And many of us, here's what we want. We want to say, God, could you heal this person? We want him to heal it right now. He could do that. Because at one time, he took, he spit on the ground, grabbed some spit and some dirt. Even his spittle was anointed. And he put it on this blind man's eyes, and he see. Jesus Christ was healing people all over the region. They couldn't wait. One lady just wanted to get close enough to touch the hymn hymn of his garden. But let me tell you something. In the program I work, I see healing all the time. I see miracle after miracle. As a matter of fact, I run this anger management class. Anybody have anger in here, don't raise your hand. I'll tell you one thing, I can go to zero to 60 in two seconds. Imagine that. Now I'm teaching the class. But there was this guy. On Christmas Day, he bought this gift. He spent a lot of time. He went and got this nice bracelet for his wife. And she unwrapped it, and uh, she looked at it, and she goes, boy, that's nice, but I'm not going to wear it. Now, you've got to remember, he's been working on his anger. And for us who spent a lot of time preparing that, you can imagine how he's feeling. Anger has a lot to do with emotional intelligence, and we've been working on that. It's okay to be angry. Can you be angry at the right person, at the right time, for the right purpose, for the right way? He said to her, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on a minute. He went to the back room, picked up the 500-pound phone, and called me and said, Todd, I just got a vent to you. I just got a vent to you. Because I don't want to vent on my wife. And he got down and I said, brother, that's the best Christmas gift you could have given me. Go out there and just love her, anyways. That's a miracle, because two years ago he was about ready. To, the wedding was almost over; the wedding had happened, the divorce was coming. I've seen countless people in recovery, recovering from opioid abuse. Miracle after miracle, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, and it's a process, not an event. Not that God can't make it happen. I've seen families ravaged by pornography and addiction. And they're so caught up in in their family, they don't even know who they are. And we work through this thing called codependency. And they become, knowing who they are, they have proper boundaries. Miracle. Absolute miracle. I see it happen all the time. If he's your savior, and he's your shepherd, and he's your teacher... And he's your friend, and he's going to be your healer. But his ways are not our ways. He may use the most unusual things to do the healing. So in the healing, it says this in Exodus 15, 26. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands... And keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord your God who heals. Now, he was talking about the Ten Commandments. And the first four, do your relationship with God, the last six, do your relationship with others. So it goes vertical and it goes horizontal. Only one God, he's got to be your Savior. Don't use the Lord's name in vain. No false idols. Honor the Sabbath day. Go to church. You're, this is what you're doing. Right here, right here, right now. Number five. Honor your mother and father that you live long in the land. Then don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't murder. Don't covet. All those ten commandments he's talking about. But there's one new commandment he gave us. Jesus said, A new commandment I give you. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And don't forget the second part. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And in doing that, you will do all ten. Is he your healer? He is our healer. But first you've got to make him Savior. Then you've got to let him lead, guide, and direct you. Then you've got to let him teach you. Then you've got to be a friend to him. Because a friend knows another friend's business. I know Sean's business. I meet with Sean every Wednesday. We sit there and we talk. And we talk about the greater things of kind of life and what's going on. We hold each other accountable. And the way that you start to find the healing is you allow God to come in. And not only be your savior, shepherd, teacher, friend, healer but you let them be your beneficiary. Because there's a benefactor to being a part of God's family. And what is this? like this. My sister adopted two children. Great kids. But tough kids to raise. When they were adopted into the family, they received everything that my sister and brother-in-law Acquired and they became a part of that family, even though they weren't naturally born into it. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you become a king's kid. Say to your neighbor, You're a king's kid. Say to your neighbor, You're a king's kid. Because if you're a king's kid, then you get to be in his inheritance the inheritance of the Savior. Now think about that for a second. He says in the Lord's Prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are you building his kingdom or are you building your kingdom? Are you so worried about your house and everything else that you forget his kingdom work? Because only one life to soon will pass and only what's done for Christ will last. You'll always get what you've always got if you always do what you've always done. Remember that. But is he your king? Because if he's your king, then you get the benefits of everything he offers. So what it says in Romans 8, 17, it says this. Let's read this together. Now, gosh, you guys need to be tough. It's a tough crowd. I know. It's 1040. You're getting ready to go watch the football games. Big picture. You ready? Here we go. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. In his, in, his, in his glory, 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 glory. I'll tell you right now, in his father's house there's many rooms. And he's got to prepare a place for that. And if he's gone to prepare a place for it. He's going to come back and get you, and you're going to see his glory. But first, you've got to know what his kingdom work is. Are you building your kingdom, or are you building his kingdom? Amen. And lastly, he's king, priest, and prophet, prophet. He's king, priest, and prophet. See, he's either Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. Is he Lord of all? Because if he's Lord of all, then he's not only your Savior, He's your shepherd, lead, guide, and direct. He's not only your shepherd, but he's your teacher. you got to learn to listen and listen to learn if he's your teacher. If he's your teacher, then he can become your friend. And if he's your friend, you got to spend time with your friend for them to be your friend. And if he's your friend, then he's your healer. And if he's your healer, you get all the benefits Of being a king's kid. And then you can call him. King, priest, and prophet. You see, this is the gift. That we fail to unwrap fully at Christmas time. We sing all these praises. But we fail to fully unwrap the gift of the Savior. Here's what he says. In 1 Timothy 6.15. Let's read this together which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You see, at one time, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. A buddy might told me, bow now and beat the rush. Have you bowed your knee to the king of kings who in the garden of Gethsemane did the unthinkable? And said, okay, Dad, I got it. I got that one, Dad. Because at Clovis Hills on the last Sunday of the year in 2018, I've already seen some of the souls that need to re-up or for the first time become a savior, shepherd, teacher, friend, healer, benefactor, king, priest, and prophet. That's the gift. That's the gift. But it's the big gift exchange. It's the big gift exchange. What are you going to give back? That's the question today. I mean, it's really good to know all the, what he gave us, right? I got a jacket. I got a card. But what are we going to give back? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I'm going to tell you. Here's some suggestions. The first one is, trust. Is this the year you start to trust him? You hear that still small voice that you're no longer going to put off, but you're going to trust him? You know, I work with so many people in the recovery field. And I tell them, they've just made a wreck of their life. I said, trust is earned, not given. When you blow it in your marriage, it takes time to earn that trust back. And let me tell you this, when you start spending time with Jesus and you start trusting him with your whole life, not just pieces of it, you watch what he starts to do. Maybe this is the year where you start to trust him more. The second thing you might give him is obedience. First time obedience. I did this Growing Kids Godway here about 20 years ago. Gosh, has it been that long? Jeez, I'm an old man. With my wife. And in this Growing Kids God's Way, they were talking about first-time obedience. I'll never forget this story. He said there was a little guy named Johnny. And he was outside with his dad putting up Christmas lights on a two-story house. And his little, little guy, seven, eight years old, he was feeding his dad these lights. he was up on this ladder. And his dad forgot something. So he comes down the ladder. He goes inside to get it. He's in there a little bit too long. He comes back out. Little Johnny had climbed up the ladder, and he was halfway up the roof. He said, Johnny, sit down. Sit down, Johnny. Sit down. Johnny sat down. Dad got up there grabbed the kid, took him down the ladder. He wants your obedience this year. That's what he wants. Maybe this is the year you come to church more than once a month. Maybe this is the year you get into a growth group. Maybe this is the year you get into recovery and you start getting honest with yourself and you start, stop lying, cheating, stealing, covering up. It takes so much energy to cover up. Rarely have we seen a person fail who is thoroughly honest with themselves. Rarely. Maybe this year you're going to just love him more. You're going to be the one that goes to the diner orders a table for two, two glasses of water. And you spend that half hour before you get crowded out in the day. Because the way you love him more is you spend time with him. T-I-M-E. I I got a son who's 16. He's going to be 18 pretty soon. He needs dad's time. I'm going to commit... For all you, right here, right now, and in 2019, I'm going to spend more time with my son, because he needs it. And it's not that I can't, it's sometimes life and everything that comes at you, crowds you out. You miss the most important thing that was ever given to you. All 700 of you can hold me accountable. <laughs> well, that's a big order right there. Whew. I know my wife will. The next thing you might give them this year is praying. Maybe this is the year you pray more. But she said there's two parts to prayer. Praying is talking to God. Meditation is hearing from God. So I would ask this year, if that's your gift to God, you would pray and meditate more. And you would listen to that still, small voice that leads you, guides you, lets you know you can go in and out of the sheepfold. Let you know when you should just be still and know that He is God. Maybe it's forgiveness. With a crowd like this, I can tell you right now, resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness is the number one offender. It's destroyed more families, more marriages, more relationships than anything monetarily you could see. I loved what was said the other day. Hatred corrodes the container that holds it. Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year where you take that unforgiveness that a family member, a boss, a friend, and you just give it to God. And you say, God, show me how to love them way you loved Him. Huh. gets real quiet. And the last one, second to the last one, is worship. Maybe this is the year you worship Him with everything you have. You worship Him as your Savior, your Shepherd, your Teacher, your Friend, your Healer, the Benefactor, and King, Priest, and Prophet. Maybe this is the year you do that. Like never before. And I left one blank for you to fill in yourself. Because maybe you know one that I didn't put down there. And you make that your gift to God. And you make 2019 something way more than you could ever possibly ask or imagine. Because you knew the Savior. And He became your shepherd. And He was your teacher. And He was your friend. And He was your healer. And he was your benefactor. And he was your king, priest, and prophet. Or maybe tonight's, today's the day where you have never known God. And this message today was living and active. And it's sharper than a double-edged sword. It's used for rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness. Maybe today's the day where God pierced through that cow's heart. And today's the day Like it was for me in 1992. Well, you make him your Savior. You say to yourself, he did not care how you say it. He just wants to know you mean it. And he says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, you will be saved. You might want to say something like this. Lord, I've made a wreck of my life. I'm tired of looking at pornography. I'm tired of using. I'm tired of treating my family as God's when you're the only true and wise God. I'm tired of only coming to church once a month. I want to come every week. I want to receive all the benefits. Every head bowed and every eye closed right now.